Hello, heroes, and welcome to another exciting episode of One Shot. I'm James D'Amato, your host and game master. Heroes, this week we've got another entry from the Ultimate Micro RPG book. We're playing Event Planning in Zero-G by Jen Martin. It's a game about planning a party for a group of extraterrestrial guests. Event planning is difficult enough, but it gets way more complicated when everybody doesn't breathe the same kind of air. It's a great mix between party game and role-playing game, and there is tons of world building. A perfect game whether you're playing it with a group of people who have never played an RPG before, or folks who throw dice every week. It's a truly great comedy RPG, which is rare because they're really hard to design. But Jen Martin is no stranger to that. I highly recommend everyone check out The Goose of Grilner Grove if you're looking for another great comedy RPG to bring to the table. You can also find other great comedy games and role-playing games in general in the Ultimate Micro RPG book. It's available now, and event planning in Zero-G is just one of the amazing entries that should make this book an instant buy. But there's another reason our RPG this week focuses on world-building. Coming out this month, I have a brand new book in the Ultimate RPG Guide series. The Ultimate RPG Game Master's World Building Guide. It's full of prompts, exercises, and mini-games to help game masters develop settings for their role-playing. If you liked my Ultimate RPG Character Backstory Guide and you're looking to get into the Game Master role, or you're like me and you just love coming up with new worlds, this book is a perfect companion. It's coming out on May 25th everywhere books are sold, but you can pre-order it right now. And while you're doing that, you might as well pick up the Ultimate Micro RPG book. To pre-order the World Building Guide, just head to bit.ly slash ultimate world building. Now, with all of that out of the way, let's get to the show. All right, heroes, let's meet our party for this week. First off, a voice that you have definitely heard on One Shot before, but now... They are a multi-award winning voice for multiple years in a row. And that's Ben Meredith. Hello. Hi, James. Thank you very much. Yes. Um, I'm kind of a big deal now. So, yes. you know, just, yes. Hello. I'm Ben Meredith. Yeah, we, we are recording this on the day the Audioverse Awards <laughs> got announced. So we're all having a bit of fun uh, with that. But Ben, for those who maybe aren't familiar with you or your work, uh, where can they find you? Uh, yeah, so mainly working with uh, Rusty Quill at the moment. So I play Elias Bouchard in the Magnus Archives, uh, Zolf Smith and Grizzop Drick Act Amsterdam in Rusty Quill Gaming, and David Seven in Stella Firma. And before we, you know, move on and, and really uh, hear you on the show, I wanted to know: Do you have a favorite life form? Well, I mean, I think this isn't like the most surprising one, but genuinely, uh, the, you know, the Tardigrade because mm. they are extraordinary little things, and you've got the whole like being extremophiles and being able to survive in space and stuff but the thing i find like most fascinating about them is when you see them under a microscope they actually look like well you know little little pig type things but then everything they're swimming around in is it looks like you know what you'd expect kind of like a blob that squishes along mm -hmm. and then you've got these things with like little legs and a snuffly nose and it's like why are you so small but look so like you'd work when made big it's really strange yeah, I, that that is an absolutely good poll. Those are one of, I think, the cutest tiny life forms possible. So yeah, uh, if I, you I... made a big one, though, if you, like you made a really big one, though. <laughs> well, that's horrifying than a big amoeba, though. That's what I think. True. That's the thing. 
Very true. I would it's not like bar. to witness a big amoeba. <laughs> but but we have just heard the voice of what some are calling an underloved genius. Yes, a a voice that I have heard shouting in my ears for, you know, over... 50 hours solid during the pandemic uh, that has caused me so much delight. And that is Tim Meredith. Hello, hello. An unloved genius, certainly. Um, <laughs> the, the hands behind the sound, some have said. <laughs> yes, I, I am, I am co-star. Not as appreciated, but co still. Substar. Um, substar. Substar. Thank yeah. you, Ben. Substar uh, of Stella Firma, uh, of which I also do a, a lot of writing, actually, uh, and other stuff. So yes, I, I work on that show. That's my main. That's my main gig. And maybe we should point out, you know, Ben did win his awards for improvised yes. production. Thank you, James. And yeah. you've done a lot of writing on that improvised production, which, mm, yeah, seems a bit scandalous. Yeah, oh, very scandalous. One of our most favourite cast members, Imogen Harris. I, I, I write her, her lines because she records them afterwards. She also won an improvised production award. And I did not. So, I mean, just read into that what you will. I mean, she does some alternate line reads and they're very good and I, I normally use them. I still think I did a bit more improv, but it's not, it's not about winning. It's about being nominated and preferably winning. That's what I always say. <laughs> Wise words to live by. <laughs> Tim. I feel like I'm coming across very poorly in my first five minutes. <laughs> no, I, I don't care. I, I need to win. <laughs> I am loving this. I'm loving this. Mm. Again, mm. I, I'm also getting to experience for the first time on my end how similar your natural speaking voice is to Trexel's natural speaking voice, which is. And my personality, my petulance, my anger. Yes. yes it's yes. all it's bit... there. Yeah. Tim, Trexel. It's just a bit of gravel, really. There's <laughs> not much more to it. Tim, I, I gotta know, do you have a favorite life form? You know what? I was thinking about this, and the Tardigrade did spring to mind, but once again, Ben has swooped in at the last minute and snatched something I want away from. Not gonna me. lie, glad I went first, because I was like, Tardigrade, yeah, 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 and then yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. <laughs> I I'm a I'm a big fan. I don't know if I'm gonna name the right animal, um, but Amsterdam Zoo, they have, I believe it's a form of lever, I believe it's a red lemur or something of that nature. Somebody can probably tell me, but essentially they live on an island and you can walk onto the island and they just sort of chill about a foot away from you, being all I'm mm. a lemur. You know, being like, you could touch me, but seriously, don't touch me. You know, that sort of level of like, I'm an I'm a wild animal, but also I'm a bit huggable. It's very nice. <laughs> It's very, it's very pleasant. No, that's good. That's good. Like, like yeah. the the animals in the Galapagos Islands are the same way because they just have no natural predators. So, and it it serves them very poorly when they come into contact with the outside. Yeah, very much, poorly. Much we... like me, I I fare very poorly <laughs> when in contact with the outside. <laughs> Oh, good. Well, uh, <laughs> then I, I would like to get to our, 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 the final voice of the show, someone who has been a friend of mine for years, but I don't believe we've recorded a podcast together or played a game together. I don't think so. That's that's Jen Martin. I went to your house one time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Hello, I'm Jen Martin. You can find me on itch at jenmartin.itch.io. I uh, am a project manager for Bully Pulpit Games which is what I'm most well known for. If you get the newsletter, that's me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Bully Pulpit, for those that don't recognize game publishers, Bully Pulpit is responsible for games like Fiasco, mm -hmm. games like Starcrossed, some of my favorite role-playing games out there. So definitely check that out. And knowing both Jason and Steve, 
I know how difficult Jen's job <laughs> must be. I love them. They're wonderful. I would I would never say otherwise. <laughs> Especially while being recorded, yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. It's a good thing you can't see my face. <laughs> but Jen, we, we are here today because you designed a game that went into the ultimate micro RPG book called Event Planning in Zero G. Uh-huh. Could you explain what the premise for this game is? I would love to explain oh, the actually, premise. Oh, actually, before I, we, we must get to your favorite life form. That, uh, that was going to be what I said, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my favorite life form. I would love to have like a really exotic alien answer to this question because I'm mm-hmm. all in for space themes, alien themes. I just wrote another alien game for somebody else. But my favorite life form, and anyone who knows me will know this answer ahead of time, is, of course, geese. I wrote a goose <sighs> game. I love geese so much. They are assholes. (laughs) I love them. Well, and they're a bit horrifying. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, if you look at a Mm. goose zoomed out, you know, it's your basic bird. But the closer you get to a goose, the more you confront the details on a goose. <laughs> it's kind of bad, actually. It's all bad. It's not kind of. We demand that you confront the details of a goose. (laughs) They got yes. they got teeth on the tongue. They yep. got teeth in the mouth. Yep. Nothing with a beak should have teeth, and yet our friend the goose has done that. <laughs> Imagine that seven point three times larger. <laughs> not not good. Not a good imagining. No, that that is an extremely good life form pull, and I think all of these life forms are going to inform us as we go into this game. Uh, uh, Jen, please uh, tell us what what is the premise for event planning in zero G? Yes. So the premise is we are planning the party for the Gantrofax's final molting, and it's up to us to plan the perfect party for this very momentous event. And, you know, it'll probably be on a bit of a limited budget with limited resources, and also we have to navigate, you know, different gravity needs, or maybe guests that want to eat each other, or, you know, like spectral waves of hyperbolic blue colors. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, if anybody has ever planned a wedding before, you know Uh that at a certain point you have to figure out the seating chart of where all your guests are. And, you know, everybody has a certain percentage of of racist family members uh, that they need to sort of spread about, uh, maybe (laughs) concentrate at one table, risking them becoming more emboldened. Or spread them out so their terrible opinions can reach the ears of other people because you can't not invite them for some reason. That's that's not a thing that we're allowed to do, apparently. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, it's because you don't have the resources to plan like a fake alt wedding and send Mm. all the racist relatives to that party. (laughs) Yes, I'm having a wedding on a crashing plane. (laughs) (laughs) It's what all the kids are doing these days. But yes, it's like that, but different biological needs uh, uh, and getting to to dig on like, how do we bring extremely different life forms together for the same event? So with that, uh, because this is your design, Jen, I will hand the podcast over to you so we can start playing. Yeah, we definitely can't afford the galaxy's best, but we're going to try. So we're, we're going to decide on specialties. And this is largely sort of flavor. There's not really mechanical difference to the roles, uh, but it's very fun. And I have already volunteered to be the party planner. There is a rule that is towards the end of the game that says if you don't have a party planner, you are mechanically basically unable to succeed, which I feel like is, you know, project management uh, in a nutshell. 
I do like that you sort of wrote into the game that your job is necessary. Yeah, definitely. Uh, <laughs> it's smart. You can't deny it's not smart. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Uh, I wrote this game right after I volunteered at my first big bad con, and it shows, frankly, mm. in the text. It shows. <laughs> Really working through some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> some specialty examples, although you don't have to feel confined by these. You could go for food. A delicacy to one species is an insult to another. And you are a master at finding just the right dish for every species for every occasion. You could be a specialist in atmosphere because some aliens breathe different gases and some don't breathe at all. No big deal. But we ideally want all the guests to survive the party would be great. Ideally, you know? yes. Yeah, uh, you could do music or sound. Beings without ears can still experience sound. And, you know, you know the right tones to use, whether it's vibrating bass or, you know, gentle nails on a chalkboard, right? Mm. Decor, colors, splash of mauve or fluorescent black floor like you do. I do like the idea of fluorescent black. Right? <laughs> I, I would recommend that we have a specialist on top of the guest list, right? Because, you know, when one species wants to eat the other, the seating gets complicated. And, you know, we might have some guests that are toxic to others. Yeah. Mm, right? Yeah. Like, both, literally both. toxic. <laughs> yeah. Instead of just emotionally <laughs> toxic. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could be a specialist in entertainment, so you know performers from all over the galaxy, and critically, what it takes to get them here, especially on our very limited budget. Uh, you might be a specialist in gravity, it's a sensitive topic. Everybody wants it perfect, and nobody wants to talk about it. Mm. It's like aircon. It's just, it's, it's office poison. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. So now we have an idea uh, of uh -huh. the, the variations that we can have for specialists. So I think we should go around and decide what specialization we're going to bring to the table. I... Really like the idea of entertainment. An event like a molting, obviously, you don't want to take attention away from the true meaning of the day, which is shedding an outer layer and emerging from that outer layer. But you you don't want people to be bored either. You, you don't want mm. everybody to just be talking about the molting because that's a terrible molting. If everybody goes away talking about the molting, you've failed. Tim, do you want to... Do, do you fancy the, the guest list management or... You know what, I was going to... Yeah, you know what, I think I was going to choose that one. Guest list management. Now, do I have a terrible memory for names? Yes, I do. There is no second half to this sentence. <laughs> <laughs> guest list for me. Excellent. In which case, I want to go for the food, I think. Mm. Just making sure everyone has exactly the right sort of thing. Make sure I don't mix up the, the different things which are definitely poisonous to one another. You know, it, it, it'll be fine, I imagine. Uh -huh. Definitely. Yeah. You know, with the, the best chefs that our money can buy. Exactly. As long as you have those little cocktail sticks with flags and with like a smiley face or a frowny face. That, <laughs> just as long as you've got those, yeah. then you should be all right. I also would like to give you explicit permission at any point. If you want to introduce a new species of alien, please feel encouraged to do that. Also have to have humans in this game i'm just saying i've met humans it's preferable without them exactly 
Jen, I do want to call attention to the part of the text that I enjoyed deeply, which is any player can introduce a new species of aliens, add details to the established universe, or remove elements from the game that make them at uncomfortable at any time, which is immediately followed by consider removing the human species at the start of the game. Mm. Because it does set a bit of a tone <laughs> of kind of where you were vis-a-vis humans uh, when writing sure this does. game. Yep. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. so yeah i want to like with that in mind and because we all have our specialties now i think it would be kind of fun to give us ourselves like a base level of aliens sort of going into the gameplay so we know what we might be dealing with and y'all identified different life forms that you loved up at the top of the game I would like to propose a blob-like alien creature that is essentially just a collection of like fat and nerves. This creature is a sapient creature, but also these are like scientifically the most delicious beings in the universe. Any, like all creatures that eat, enjoy eating this creature. And this creature feels pain, I'm gonna say, at the drop of a hat. (laughs) They're extremely sensitive in that nervous system. They're very picky about what surfaces they're able to go on. And, you know, just just smelling them, just sort of seeing them gets the, the, the salivatory glands of whatever creatures else are out there really going. They absolutely can't get enough of them. They're the, they're the hot dog in a blanket of organisms. You cannot resist. Mm-hmm. And I think just to make things easy, we're going to call these delicatessens. Yeah. That'll just... Uh... Wait, not hot dog. A pig's, pigs in blankets. That's why that joke didn't land. Not because it was shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> what's the policy on swearing? <laughs> You're fine. You're fine. Swear away. Shitty joke. <laughs> delicatessens. Lovely. Are we introducing a little, a little, yeah. a little cast of them? Okay, in line with in, in line with my sort of lemur-based animal suggestions, I'm going to call them swingamables, swingamables, um, and they are they are they're mostly tail. Like there is a body there, but it's like a lemon on the end of a thick rope, and mostly it's a tail that sort of just like hooks on to anything. You know, like a baby will have an automatic grab reflex. Mm-hmm. It's like that, but them that's them forever. So they love to sort of hang on to any surface. You put them near a, a tree branch, it's going to hang on. Sort of like a furry tube with a furry lemon on the end. Sure, there may be a face in there somewhere, but I'll give you five pounds if you can find it. The swingamable. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> oh, furious note-taking. Uh, yeah, I'm going to do the same. And I'm going to have ones called rock bores, like moss pigs, but just much more metal or rocky. I'm getting my metaphors confused. Uh, but like 10 foot long, 8 foot wide, 15 legs, and a big snoot just snuffling about. Mainly, you know, they can put up with basically anything but they will insist on snuffling pretty much everything. That's how they kind of experience the world, just mm. snuffling around. Do they have eyes? Uh, or are they vestigial? Uh, vestigial, vestigial. Vestigial. But like, um, just just massive googly eyes. But don't, don't do anything, <laughs> they're just mainly to annoy <laughs> predators. 
It's yeah. if they've evolved one way really hard and they're just taking a U-turn yeah, at absolutely. some point. So they've got these giant eyes and they don't use them. So they were, they were gonna, like, I got scared from away and then they realized, oh, basically nothing can hurt me. So, that's ah, all right. Mm. Why am I wasting all this genetic material on these massive eyes? Precisely. I would like to introduce a species that is basically blue goo liquid. They are a mm-hmm. liquid life form, uh, which won't cause any problems at all. And I'm going to call them the Sibians. Do they eat? Who knows? But I think they are telepathic. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> I do enjoy how those do they do they we're not sure, but they do read your mind. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you know. Sure. Rough with the smooth. <laughs> Quick point of order question. Mm-hmm. Should I have the game rules up in front of me for later reference? Unnecessary, I'm gonna say. Yeah, Cracking. they're, they're I had a very small simple. panic earlier You're when gonna... we were describing them as if I should have a document that I'd missed. No. <laughs> no, good, good. No, we sent it to Ben first, but not you. Sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, well, that happens I'm a lot. <laughs> well, we did, we did, we actually yeah. did send Ben, I believe, physical copies and, and several of them. Couriered. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you've got to make sure that Ben's prepared and, you know, Tim will just get on. I mean, jokes aside, I, I was sent a proof copy of the ultimate micro rpg book but i have uh i can't find it it's oh i see it's your, in all of it's the files. Your inside connections again <laughs> well i wrote a game for it tim <laughs> yeah well well we could all write games for a book that's published ben but some of us are too busy doing the other non-specific tasks related to stella firma <laughs> <laughs> like, i like, won't let this become a theme <laughs> like writing dialogue that people then improvise yeah yeah, yeah that's that sort of thing yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everything else is improvised, and we got an improv award for the one bit that isn't improvised. <laughs> oh dear! Still, we won. It's an important thing. <laughs> important thing. I really hope the audience is enjoying the bit as much as I'm enjoying the bit. Mm-hmm. It's very good. <laughs> it's a good bit. Enjoy it. So yeah, we we have uh, a, I think a good foundation mm-hmm. of aliens. Sure. So what's next for us? Yeah, so what's next is I would like the specialists to pitch me your most lavish, elaborate plans. Your, if I was given an unlimited budget plans, what would you do to celebrate the Gantrafax's final molting? You probably won't be able to do these great, elaborate, expensive plans, but this is where you do your first sort of pitch. I think we should establish, are we doing this on like a space station or a spaceship or a planet? Like, oh, yeah. What's the venue? Uh, well, yeah. actually, you're, you're our event planner. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe maybe you would like to provide us with a venue so that we can sort of picture where things are. Um, um, and we can center our ideas within the ecosystem. So, yeah, I think uh, I think I'm going to go full Rama and have us be in a space, uh, unclear if it's a space station or a spaceship, but it is essentially a massive cylinder that spins and there is, everything's on mm-hmm. the inside of that cylinder and it's huge, right? There's, there's, you know, like vegetation and farming and buildings and lakes and it's just, it's just impossible, impossible architecture. I like this a lot. Is this a situation where the spin of the cylinder is providing the gravity? Is it one of them? Yes, cool. correct. I mean, it is providing some gravity, whether or not it's the correct level of gravity. I mean, that's, mm, it's a relative mark. term. Depends on the, on the life form, I suppose. I mean, it's, I'm no gravity true. specialist. I'm a guessless guy. But I, <laughs> yes. 
No, no, the, the mechanic is when we make our pitches for things that the event planner decides on a number mm -hmm. and we're trying to roll close to that number. Since venue is, is an element that we picked out, can we decide how good our spinning cylinder oh, is absolutely. through a, a similar yes. I'm mechanic? I'm going to write down a number between one to six and someone should roll me a six-sided die. I, I have a okay. six-sided die right here. Uh, I'll give her a roll here. Mmm, mm. yeah. Oops. And they're branded, no less. I got a three on, on my roll. How close did we get? Yep, I picked a one, so we are two away. Two away? That's not too bad, actually. If you're off by one or two, you can do most of the pitch, but in a simpler or less expensive way. Okay, I'm just going to say, I, I would like, I think if our venue is double booked, it would make me very happy. Yes, <laughs> let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> what is it double booked with? It's always a wedding. I like a wedding. A wedding happening at the same time is very fun for me. Yeah. I if we could if we could make it a wedding for like a predator type species where mm. the bride and groom are dropped off on the planet with their family and they have to hunt each other and find, seek each other out. If they can meet up, they're allowed to be married. But if one of the family members from the opposite family is able to kill them before they meet up, the wedding is never meant to be. So so are the families pro or anti the marriage? Or is that sort of an irrelevant question? It's like, it doesn't matter our feelings. The point it's, is, it's the hunt. It, yeah, it, this isn't about feelings, is you have to earn it with the hunt. I think both sides of the fam, both families, they're static about the matchup. Sure. They want it to happen they will kill on sight if they catch them not together because that's what it is and at this point they're so primed to kill this molting celebration is going on at the same time i feel like there could be some complications can i suggest a species for this wedding oh mm -hmm. yeah yes. get more species in there all right so they're the the, the cubists they are effectively sentient black holes inside reinforced cubes with tank tracks. <laughs> yep. They predate on everything and they mm -hmm. just open up the front hatch and just consume whatever they can can get in front of them. Sort of like a malicious Wally. Yes. Now, Ben, I believe I've been ridiculed in other podcasts, which we will not name because that's bad form on someone else's podcast, about my views <laughs> on the ways that black holes can be used and how they can be contained. <laughs> And I believe a scientist friend of mine has had has had many many a chucklesome jibe at me for saying that you can encase a black hole so it's not sucking things in anymore. What are these boxes made out of, Ben? What are these boxes made out of is what I want to know. Uh, Voitanium. I'll accept it. Oh, that sounds... I'll accept it. Voitanium. <laughs> Beautiful. So we've got two competing events. One includes black holes encased in Voitanium boxes. Yep. That are the cubists. And they and hunt each other. Gonna, <laughs> and they're just going to be on the planet hunting each other while we're trying to celebrate what I assume is a bar mitzvah equivalent. So this this feels good to yeah. me. Mm -hmm. um, can, we, can we pitch some more items for like, is it like ideal items? And then we'll see how close we get. Yes. So I'm going to say a word and I just want you to feel it. Plinth. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm. Uh-huh. Imagine it. 
It's a great word. It's a great word <laughs> and it's a great thing. And it's great to have at your event. And I'm sure I'm related to the plinth hire guy. That's irrelevant. But the plinth, <laughs> it is 200 feet tall and it is constructed entirely out of gold or a gold leaf equivalent. And in the middle of it, we can have the gentrifax. Is it the gentrifax? Gantrifax. Gantrifax. Yes. Thank you. I can. I'm good at my job. We have the gantrifax in sort of like an, in like a, like a, an almost a, a lily type flower that is that is opening gently throughout the course of the event and at the time at which it reaches its apex of you know openness to use the technical term, that is when the gantrifax molts its feathers and they and they and they float down the edge of the plinth. So you've got a golden spire of a plinth. You've got feathers and molted scales falling down. It's beautiful. There's lighting from behind. It's gonna be. It's gonna be ace. Hey, heroes! It's James, your game master, and welcome to the midroll. Heroes, this week on Tuesday, May 11th, we are launching the Kickstarter for the second season of Skyjack's Courier's Call. Our all-ages actual play series set in the world of Sphere from Campaign Skyjacks. The first season was a tremendous success. We managed to produce twice as many episodes as we thought we were going to be able to, and we won six Audioverse Awards. I am so proud of the cast and everyone involved with that show, and I can't wait to bring you season two. But in order to do that, we need your support to make it happen. No matter when you're listening to this, head to bit.ly slash skyjackscc2. That's Skyjacks, the letter C, the letter C, and the number two to check out our Kickstarter page. If it's before the launch, you'll get the preview page and be able to sign up to be notified as soon as the page goes live. And after we've hit launch, you'll be able to back right away. I am really, really excited about the stretch goals for this one, including a goal that will literally double the length of the season and bring us to the Audrin Prom storyline. One that I am extremely excited to listen to. So once again, get prepared for the launch of this Kickstarter on Tuesday. Whether you can afford to back or not, remember that sharing the project makes a huge difference for us. We appreciate support in all of its forms. So head to bit.ly slash skyjackscc2. The one-shot Twitch stream has a lot of exciting events coming up. Tonight, May 10th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Eleni, Gannon, and Mike from the Neoscum podcast are going to join Tracy Barnett for the first broadcast of the We Are the Dungeon stream. Tracy is celebrating their new game, You Are the Dungeon, a journaling game about playing a sentient dungeon by inviting creators and friends of the OneShot Podcast Network to stream a multiplayer version of the game with them. While the first one is tonight, we have lots of other broadcasts coming up this month. We've got broadcasts on the 11th, 12th, 13th, and 18th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time and a special broadcast on the 12th at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Tracy will be joined by tabletop luminaries such as Adira Slattery, Jeremy Gage, Val and JV from Paperboat Productions, Victoria, Tracy, and B from The Broadswords, Aaron and Jeff from All My Fantasy Children, and The Double Clicks. Be sure to check the show notes on our website for the poster to see who's playing when. And on May 17th, network personality Jeff Stormer is going to be running a charity stream. For Miracle Monday, an in-universe holiday for the DC Comics universe that celebrates the day that Superman defeated the actual devil by playing his superhero role-playing game, anyone can wear the mask with a live audience on Twitch. Through donations, you'll be able to influence his game and help provide crisis intervention and micro-grants to trans people in need. 
You'll be able to find all those events and more at twitch.tv slash oneshotrpg. A huge thank you to everyone who supports us on Patreon. Without you, we wouldn't be able to make shows like this. Thanks to y'all, I got a chance to play with some of my favorite podcasters ever, the Meredith Brothers. I had so much fun doing this, and we were able to provide great editing and a soundtrack thanks to you, our Patreon donors. I also wanted to take a moment to point out that your Patreon dollars paid for another really important improvement to the OneShot Network. Recently, we've hired Tracy Barnett to come onto the OneShot Network as a project manager. Many of you know that I have ADHD. One of the big symptoms of ADHD is struggling with executive function and organization, which are two really difficult things to struggle with if you happen to be running a company. For years, I've struggled to keep one shot afloat. Not because we don't have enthusiastic and generous fans, because running a business is really not one of my strengths. We're going to be making a lot of internal and behind-the-scenes improvements, but a lot of them are going to directly benefit our Patreon backers. So I just wanted to give an extra special thank you to everyone who supported us up to this point, a big thank you to Tracy for joining our organization, and a hopeful message that things around here are about to get a lot better. If you'd like to be a part of that, please head to patreon.com slash one-shot podcast and sign up to be a backer. Now, with all of that out of the way, let's get back to the show. that i like that i like i like the plinth i i i think i, I want to point out at this point that uh the the civians like that is the species that cantrifax is yes so they start out as this bizarre feathered creature before they molt and become a fully liquid life form so one of the reasons i point that out is like civians i think they're going to be some of the most populous like creatures appearing at this event. That's what I am designing my entertainment around. Civians prefer as uh, forms of entertainment, psychological mind games. Being a sort of telepathic species, they love the, the chase of, of uh, really a, a situation where they don't know what's going on and they might be in danger and mm -hmm. other people yeah. around them might be out to get them. They go through this, uh, what other species would consider a harrowing experience. They come out the other side, they go, oh, that was quite fun. That was quite a good evening. I thought I was going to die. So what I would like to do is prior to the event, in, in the months prior to the event, I would like each and every individual guest to ingest a genetically modifying material that will create kind of what what's almost a cancerous growth in their brain that will provide them with false memories. So when they land on the cylinder, they go into this event, the false memories kick in and suddenly they don't know where they are. They don't remember their names. Mm -hmm. They don't remember their families. And while we're going through this molting event, people are slowly starting to learn what is true and what is false and rediscovering family for the first time and isn't that what molting is all about rediscovering sort of the beauty of, of family and togetherness it's heartwarming in a really upsetting way yes <laughs> yeah it's like it's like if if cronenberg is working out your your event just mm -hmm. like you know it's nice and there's heartwarming stuff also body horror you know it's a nice mix i feel like yeah the, the molting the event is like uh the movie the game mm. right oh yes yeah. 
so I don't remember the the main actor's name, but he he's like a rich guy. He doesn't want for anything, right? And all of a sudden, weird stuff starts happening to him in his life. Like a person turns up dead. He's maybe being hunted. Unclear. Uh, lots of weird, spooky things happen, and it culminates in him falling off of a building into a conveniently placed pool. And it turns out, surprise, his brother bought him this experience for his birthday. It, oh, no. It's, it's, a, it's a movie sort of about an involuntary LARP. Yeah. Where sort involuntary of, escape room. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For which you are later sued for emotional trauma. <laughs> yes. Well, to be fair, that's a lot of LARPs as well. So you know yeah. what? It tracks. It tracks. I actually also thought with, with, with the plinth, and I, mm-hmm. I don't want to keep going back to the plinth, but yes, I love you this do. plinth. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> when, when, so the feathers will molt and that will sprinkle down. And then if the Sylvian's turning into a fluid, we should have a little lip so that the fluid then splashes down and cascades right. over. Ooh. Again, the light, the twinkling, the fall. It's all there. Yeah, and I'm actually thinking about your plinth now, and I'm realizing... I'm so glad you're thinking about the plinth. <laughs> yeah. I'm morbid to think about this plinth. <laughs> it doesn't feel like it would work if it's just gold leaf. I know we said it could be solid gold or a gold leaf equivalent, and mm. I just don't see a way that this will work if it isn't solid gold all the way through. I would see, I, you know, The only reason I said that was... I'm conscious of the budget. Mm. You know what? I'm 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 conscious of the budget. Mm-hmm. I'm also conscious of the weight and lack lack of structural integrity of pure gold, heavy and soft. However, if you're into it, I'm into it. Yeah, let's do this. So you know what? Actually, that might <laughs> synergy-wise, if we if we're going with the mind games mm-hmm. and the sort of sense of danger is fun, fun is love, love is what it's all about. Yeah. If if this is a precariously balanced golden plinth oh. that is gently starting to sort of shift and move and it's like it's a it's it's a will it won't it situation of oh. does the molting happen yeah. before the bendy golden plinth falls and crushes you because you need to be because you don't know which way it's going to go this you know? is uh, you know we are this is an event for an adolescent creature a, a, an alien that is just now entering their adulthood I don't think there is enough pressure mm. on adolescents, generally no, speaking, no. Yeah. if there's a chance that they won't make it if they don't molt in time and properly and, and sort of live up to the expectations of everyone around them. I think that's a beautiful thing and should be incorporated. It's like trying to get a date in time for prom, mm-hmm. just making it accessible for the American members of the audience here. Yeah. yeah. Except instead of prom, it's a golden plinth, and instead of a date, it's not being crushed by a golden plinth. Yeah, you've got to make sure that you splash in the right way when you hit the ground and not in the extremely wrong way. Mm-hmm. Because it'll affect you for the rest of your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It will. Yeah. It will. You, you want to do a liquid splash, not a solid everything. splash. Yeah. Ben, you're speaking, you're speaking the Lord's words. <laughs> <laughs> I think I read that in the Bible once, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Thou shalt liquid splash. Yep. <laughs> Corinthians, I think. <laughs> Ball was a nasty boy. Oh, he was a very oh. nasty boy. He threw, <laughs> he threw himself boy. immediately in some nettles after writing that one. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, heavens! Ben, what what is your what is your pitch? What is your base level pitch? So, everyone knows that food is not just about what you taste. It's about you know the vibrations in your body. It's about the wind in your hair or hair equivalent. I want a full 
body dinner experience. So what I'm envisioning is we've got this centerpiece of a plinth. We've got everyone on edge. Are they being hunted? Are they being, you know, I mean, they are probably, but also they think they're being hunted for an entirely different reason. So, you you know, you've got a double hunt situation. You want to make, you just want to crank that rear up. So instead of a table, I'm thinking sort of like more of a roller coaster. And instead of mm. plates, I'm thinking more like a sort of lazy river, but not quite that lazy. So a very active, like rapids of sort mm-hmm. of yes. this delicious blue soup, which I'm a real Ooh. fan of. And, yes. and you're just periodically dunked into the blue soup. And you, you, you're brought back out of it. And like we can regulate the temperature to make sure it's, you know, the right amount of temperature. Because you don't want too much temperature, but you don't want not enough temperature. Yeah, you don't want to be dunked in there and feel like, well, I didn't feel anything at all. No one wants to be dunked in a blue gazpacho. Like, it's disgusting. It's mm-hmm. gross. Yeah. People say it's fine, and they're wrong, yeah, and they're lying exactly. to themselves. Precisely. So, you know, we've got it, we've got it going up, we've got it going down, they'll loop the loop, they think they're at, they're in the clear, but wait, there's actually, because, we, you know, we'll control the gravity, there's blue soup in the ceiling, you know, it goes all the way up your nose, everywhere, you know, you, you really want to taste it with everything you've got. Yeah, not just in your mouth, but in your pores. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, this is sort of like a conveyor belt sushi situation, but instead of a conveyor belt, it's more of like a cannon blasting soup yeah. constantly varying in temperature and you are the sushi <laughs> right. you know what you know what that metaphor is so apt i'm actually a bit cross with you it's too apt <laughs> it's like just being dunked into a bunch of different mouths but the saliva is different temperatures and then you're, you're whipped straight out yes. of there before you, you get a chance to be chomped down in fact that is a great we don't have enough danger in this i want mechanical jaws in each soup tureen <laughs> ready to snap shut at any yes. moment it's like yes. pop-up pirate but with teeth yes this is great this really goes well with the rest of the mind games that we're playing because if the soup is blue and we have guests that are blue liquid attending mm-hmm. they don't know where they begin and end are they food or are they eating the food this is a molting oh we should get some civian scare actors in there so you're being channeled towards a soup terrine you think you're going in the soup suddenly it's like 15 people all jumping out the way because they're not soup they're not mm. soup they're, they're not soup this is a molting you're gonna that drink should a be person. written somewhere in big capital letters yeah. this is a molting <laughs> oh um ben yes just want to piggyback off of your off of your your mind spore, if I may. Mm. Um, the, the the in this sort of like roller coaster rapid mouth situation, mm-hmm. can we have slightly wobbly lap support bars? They oh, seem yeah. to be holding, but will they hold for the whole ride? Danger. Yeah, yeah. And if we're gonna do that, we should buy them new. We should buy the bars new and wear them to the degree that so we can control. It's exactly. a control. Yes, it's about control. Mm-hmm. And, you know, could could you get it cheaper used? Yes. But would you be able to wear it down to the perfect degree of maybe it's safe, maybe it's not? No, you need to start from new. Planned and disuse. Yes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, you know, it's like the old saying, in for a golden plinth, in for a new lap bar that you wear down yourself. They do say that. They do say it more than you think. At the top of their lungs. <laughs> I can't stop. They're outside right now. I'd love to stop them, but I can't get within two meters. It's, at, it's tricky. At hours you wouldn't believe. Shout oh, it. you wouldn't. Four, six, ten, all of these times and more. 
So we got a rock. <laughs> yeah, that, that often happens after I finish speaking. <laughs> so the question that I have is we have this amazing plinth, right? But mm-hmm. I don't feel like the plinth is part of the guest list. So I'm wondering no. if we should do a roll for that now mm. before we, we roll for each of the specialties. Also, I still would like to hear about the guest list and yes. the entertainers. Well, do you want me to tell you about the guest list or are we going to roll first? James, what do you think? Well, let's roll for the plinth. Well, roll for plinth. Yeah, roll for plinth. Let's, let's, see, let's see how good the plinth can be. Are you doing the honest, James? Because I have dice, but they're over there beyond the extent of my cord, and I can go get them. You know, I can I can take a roll for this, Jen. Uh, decide Thank on you. your number, and I am okay. rolling my die. No. James, the dice man, Tomato. And well, I have been called by my players bone-filled meat dice. So, you mm. know. Oh, are they? do they hate you? or ah, Hard to tell. <laughs> yeah, interesting. <laughs> just, it just seems worth, worth checking. I did get a five. <laughs> I uh, picked a two. Oh, fuck it. Oh. I wanted that, <laughs> that was so bad. bad. <laughs> Sorry. We can still have the plant. It's just, it's yeah, just. It's going to be leaf, isn't it? Uh, it might be well, more of a pedestal. Okay. So if if being off by one or two is plan B, uh, being off by three, we'll call that plan C. Mm. I can't believe you fucked me on this, Demarco. So we're 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 beyond it. We can't even get leaf. This, this is point. not. This is this is a this is a bronze plinth situation. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, which means it's not going to sag. Which it is has kind of, the it's wrong. Not sag. Yeah, it's got this the wrong a, weight. Yeah, it's a it's it's a it's a it's a structurally sound, turgid plinth, and that's not what I wanted. We're just going to okay. have to push it over at some point. Well, well th- this is a thing. Maybe you know, we can turn this disaster into something for our advantage because we do have the rock boars. These are guests that are 10 by eight with 15 legs. If we can get them, incentivize them to crawl onto the plinth and get all that weight concentrated Mm -hmm. in one place, maybe we can make it sag in a potentially lethal situation that would kill and crush the person who is molting uh, if they don't molt on time. Have a good snuffle. You know, get them to have a good snuffle. Mm -hmm. So so essentially we need some sort of rock bore pheromone yes. to smear on the plinth yes, yes. so that the rock boars or come a-calling come a delicatessens oh yes here's the yeah delicatessens they're delicious Lots of fat and nerves mm-hmm. <laughs> they're delicious delicious to every species and creature imaginable and to rock boars there is an organ inside a delicatessen that is I think also somehow sexually enticing. So not only yes. is it delicious, it's like a rock, it's a chocolate covered strawberry, a, a, a champagne. Uh, people, Some people say oysters, which is buck wild to me. Yes. Uh, this is an aphrodisiac organ that I think needs to be exposed to the sun, you know, at every so often, every certain number of intervals or what have you. So it was going to have to happen during the party anyway. It can happen up on this big plinth and that will entice the rock boars to come up. You know, obviously we hope it would be a disaster if anybody got eaten at this event. However, a good snuffle never hurt anyone. Hmm. So if we if we kind of like halfway up the, the this ugh, bronze sound plinth. Ooh, ooh, I hate it. 
Can we can we just call it faux gold just for me? All right, well, just the, to assuage. I just hate the word. Yeah, the, the faux gold plinth and like oh, I hate to say it, but we could even like bolt these in. But like just really powerful sun lamps. Just get the delicatessens up there, mm. like baking in the delicious yeah. sunlight, exposing mm-hmm. their organs, sizzling. Yeah, yeah. Just getting the rock bears right up in there. Okay. Now, with with the delicatessens because we have sort of stumbled into my domain, which mm-hmm. is guest list. They are invited guests, correct? Here's the thing. Delicatessens are attending the event. And one of the reasons that we want that is it's very popular to have an event attended by delicatessens because they're delicious, because they grow certain organs that are also sexually enticing to other creatures in the galaxy. Normally, you have to book them. I'm betting if they're invited guests, if we can get them to come to the event, on their own, for free, and willingly, that's a free delicatessen. Okay, so, with that in mind, how many, sh- what are we going to need? 30, 40, 10,006? I'm going to say, oh, do we want them to be big or small? I was going to say, Ooh, how big are they? That's a good question. That's a good question. Mm, uh, about as big as an oyster, I think. Okay, so we're going to need 10,000. Oh, so like a swarm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Okay, yeah. so 10,000. Which, you know what? An oyster doesn't need a chair. I don't think this does either. Yeah. That'll save on furniture. Yep. Okay. So Save it away. Th- so I'm gonna need a long list, <laughs> or I can have we can have one named guest plus nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine <laughs> plus nine hundred nine thousand and ninety nines. I wouldn't say plus ones, but that, again, that sounds bad. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. I think we can do that. And you know what? I'll be a bit loose on the count. Yeah. I'm not gonna be like whoa, 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 whoa. That's one too many. Because uh, let's not be cheap about this. They don't eat, and we're gonna eat them. Let's not be cheap on our end. Well, Again, well, we're going to think really hard about eating them. We're not, you know, we're not going to get them because that's bad form. And that means you won't have delicatessen turning up at the next event you want to run because they're like, Whoa. that's true. Yeah. It, you know, we so. need to have plausible deniability. Absolutely. But a, but a good snuffle. Never hurt anyone. Never hurt anyone. Can we get pillows with that sewed on just to sort of <laughs> scatter about the place? We'll stick it on maybe the place that'll cards. help with the mood. Yeah, put yeah. it on the place cards. Just next to, this is a malting. <laughs> <laughs> if, there, if there's any doubt... This is a molting. This is a molting. This is a molting. Okay, okay, fine. So, I mean, that takes care of a lot a lot of the, the guest list. In, in terms of the rest of the guest list... Yeah, for raw percentage. Not for importance, but just the yeah, number of no, guests. No, percentage-wise, it's barely registering. Sheer number of seats, it's quite, it's quite substantial. We do sort of measure guest lists for these events uh, in terms of biomass, mm. more so yeah. than number of guests, because of species like the delicatessens. So you know, if we're comparing, if we're paying delicatessens to rock bores, ten thousand oyster-sized delicatessens, that's like six rock bores. Yeah, max. But that is a good question. What would you prefer to fight? Ten thousand delicatessen-sized rock bores, or one yeah. rock bore-sized <laughs> delicatessen? You know what? Wow. I'd say one rock bore sized delicatessen because then that's a whole lot. That's of just a hearty meal as well. <laughs> that's that's good yeah. eating on that. Yeah, you eat for the sure. top and the bottom half. That's between you and the delicatessen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is that mm-hmm. too blue? You know, uh, I'm going to leave that in our editor's hands. I'm going to leave that in the editor's hands. This is aliens. This is silly. We're having a silly fun time. None of these species exist. Unless they do, which is this, what a coincidence. Well, we'll just have to say, look, sorry to any future delicatessens I might be listening. <laughs> yes, I'm so sorry for my crimes. Now, James, also quick question. Do you normally have to stop much in these shows to check if something is totally unacceptable to say? It's extremely rare. It's rare. I'd I'm glad to be in rare. the club. Yeah. I'm glad to be in the club. Okay, so 
we've got we've got them we've got them sorted. That sort of is is squared away. That they're, they're turning up. So in terms of the rest of the guest list, I I I would. I would like it to be a bit of a multi-sensory experience. You know, mm. I don't just want it to be a list mm. of names. Ugh, ugh, gauche, boring, Ooh. tedious. Yes. So I think it should actually be part of the floor and the guests need to crawl or flow into the, the groove on the titanium floor that fits them and they lock in. A spotlight comes down. You have fulfilled your space. You are entered on the guest list. Mm. So it's sort of like a, it's going to have to be square miles of floor. Yeah, you know, rock mm-hmm. ball shapes, mm-hmm. cups for Sylvians, a thousand little dots, ten thousand little dots for the for the for the oyster side delicatessens. But I think it'll it'll really make an impactful start. Okay, so the question that I have is, what about the swing of abels over uh. the top of this plate? You've just got these little titanium arms ah. with a little weight sensor on them. Click, yes, please. Mm-hmm. Now I like the idea. We, we've got this guest list. We want all these people to arrive. And most importantly, you know, the, our, our, our special being of the day, Gantrofax, doesn't live, doesn't survive the event unless they molt in time. Yes. What if attendance to this event when we send out this list is mandatory? What if unless everybody slots into their little space, the event doesn't start and therefore the, that that plinth is just going to lean over and absolutely destroy the person who's, who we're celebrating? It's like those forward emails you used to get. Forward this to 10 of your friends or, or you'll die in three days, except it's an invite for a molting. Mm-hmm. This adolescent will die on their birthday, unless you show up. It's strong. It's a strong call to action, is mm-hmm. what it is. Mm-hmm. This is a molting. This is a molting. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? That really has the sense of a really sort of like overblown media forward event. Completely matte black card, white bold text, all in capitals, full stops between each word. This is a molting. Mm. Be there. Or an adolescent will fall off a plinth. <laughs> I mean, I'm sold on it. Do we do we do we roll to see how close we get to this <laughs> ideal? I mean, I would like to hear James's pitch for entertainment. Right, right, right. So we've oh, got other people's ideas. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I see. <laughs> Sorry. We've got the psychological mind games that serves most of our guests, Mm -mm. but we've got uh, the swingable, the swingamables. We've got these creatures that love to hang on things. So, you know, in a dry cleaner, they've got that rack Uh of like coats behind you that, that you press it and it moves about. We've already got kind of our combination lazy river waterboarding situation that that is for food. <laughs> are, we, are we pitching it that way or is that just sort of subtext? That's, that's just the easiest way to remember it. Yeah. So we've Welcome got- to the questionable edit club, James. <laughs> Come in. The blue water's terrifying. <laughs> So we, we've we've got that. I think rotating is kind of part of our brand. I would love just a r- rotation of of hooks that the swingables can latch on to. So yes. you're not having one experience. You know what do we know about swingables? They like to cling to a perch. 
That's what we know about them. That's gonna be the experience that they not walk away from this event because it's not clear on how they ambulate. And I don't wanna to think too hard about how that works. What I do want is them to have a varied experience. So we need rotating hooks zipping about this event picking up swingables and allowing them to experience new perches. Does this mean we filled our sky with rotating hooks that are moving around at speed? Mm. Yes. Could yes. that be a problem? Absolutely, without precision. Mm. Mm. I'm talking about hooks that are tested, hooks that are properly aligned, hooks that really on the day we cannot have any mistakes because if there's an error, you're gonna end up with not just a dead swingable, which is regrettable, no matter how you look at the situation. That's so cute. You're gonna end up with that dead swingable being swung about so that it's organs and entrails and these creatures are under high pressure. I really think that should be pointed out. Gotta be yes. known. If they are pierced, they, oh, they pierce just explosively. Oh, yeah. They are a high-tension muscular hydrostat. They are bulbous with muscles and fluid. Mm -hmm. Like, it doesn't pop, it explodes. Yeah. It explodes. And they, and they become a swungable. <laughs> <laughs> that's, just, that's just good, wholesome language fun. Well done, Ben. A bit of wordplay. Welcome to the pun of it, anybody. <laughs> this is a malting. Enjoy this it. <laughs> now, James, I love what you're putting down. Now, can I just mm -hmm. pick it up and put a little tiny hat on it? Oh, please. So we've been, pl we, we play, you know, we've got these swinging things and we're dealing with, you know, regular old vertical gravity. You get pushed down into the floor, Ugh. you stay there, Ugh. whatever, boring, no, very seen last it. Year. We got the spinning tube, but it's only spinning on one axis. What about just before the event starts? Give it a little shove. Make a spin the other way. So you're swinging Ooh. all about. The swingables are having a grand old time. And obviously we've calculated this. It's precise. It's fine. But... You're swinging, and then suddenly you're whipped around gravity a different way. Where are you going? Even the swingables can't predict it. This episode of One Shot features music from the following artists. Space Cadet by Hale. Alan Chickering by Isaac Joel. C.O.C. by Azteca X. Grandma by Cast of Characters. Water by Alter Ego, and Filthy by Brian Lowry. This episode of One Shot was edited and sound designed by Tracy Barnett. You can find more of their work online anywhere at The Other Tracy. Well, heroes, that's it for One Shot this week, but don't worry. We'll be back with more event planning in Zero-G next week. In the meantime, be sure to check out one of the other amazing gaming shows here on the One Shot Network. Like Asians Represent. Asians Represent celebrates Asian creators and diversity in the gaming community. Join hosts Agatha Chang and Daniel Kwan as they discuss gaming, genre, and representation with their guests and occasionally argue with each other about the sound of Agatha's beloved Airhorn app. As always, we end one shot with a call to action, and I want to encourage everyone to call their representatives about an issue that you care about. Calling your reps is one of the best ways to directly advocate for issues, because not a lot of people call their representatives, counting a caller as representing larger groups of interest. 
Now, when I call my reps, I use a site called fivecalls.org. That's the number five, calls.org. There, you can find issue summaries for issues that affect you on the local and national levels, along with contact information for your representatives and scripts to read while you're on the phone to help you get your message across. Calling is quick, and it can make a huge difference. Thanks, heroes. As always, a humble and hearty thanks to our supporters on Patreon. If you want to help us in a non-monetary way, the best thing you can do is tell a friend. You can also leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Every five-star review we get helps new people find the show. For the latest one-shot news, be sure to follow me on Twitter at OneShotRPG. Look us up on Facebook at Facebook.com slash OneShotPod, or look for news on the site at OneShotPodcast.com. If you want to inquire about ad rates, live appearances, commissioning episodes, or you have a general question or comment for the show, contact us at GameMaster at OneShotPodcast.com. OneShot is a production of the OneShot Podcast Network, in association with Paracosm Press. Paracosm Press is a Chicago-based tabletop games publisher. You can find more information at P-A-R-A-C-O-S-M-Press.com. Finally, that music which is right now swelling up over my voice is Adventure by Be Your Own Pet, courtesy of Infinity Cat Records. See you next time, heroes. Attack!